Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Michael Krasny with my last forum show. It all started 28 years ago. And a very good morning to you. This is Forum, and I'm Michael Krasny. Let me begin by... In that first show as Forum's host, I promised to continue the program's commitment to in-depth coverage of public affairs and politics, but also to explore new vistas in the arts. And the life of the mind. And I think we have. It's been an honor to host countless interviews with some of the world's most impressive thinkers and artists and to cover the most pressing and thought-provoking issues in the news. Please join me this hour as I talk with NPR's Ron Elving about 28 years of hosting Forum. That's coming up next after this news. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Michael Krasny. And for nearly three decades, we've been together through Lowe's Around 9 a.m. yesterday, in one of the most devastating attacks ever mounted against the United States, terrorists crashed two hijacked airplanes into the New York City World Trade Center. And highs. The San Francisco Giants, after a 52-year wait, were at last victorious in a World Series. And we've had some laughs along the Mike way. Mike Tyson joins us in this segment of Forum. How you doing, Mr. Kraft? I'm doing okay. Good the Craster. We with the Craster. <laughs> he is with the Craster. <laughs> but now I've decided the time has come to sign off. And for my last show, I'm joined by one of my favorite frequent guests, NPR's Ron Elving. He's going to turn the tables on me for this hour. I'm going to share some stories and reflections, and we'd love to hear from you. What are your favorite forum memories? You can give us a call now at 866-733-6786. The number for your call is 866-733-6786. You can also, of course, get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email any questions or thoughts you might have to forum at kqed.org. And welcome, Ron. Thank you, Michael. Thank you so much, not just for the opportunity to be here today, but for the opportunity to have heard you over these many years, uh, both as a listener and as a guest. Some of the most enjoyable hours I have heard on public radio have been courtesy of you and your show. It's been a pleasure being in your studio and with you in public events, and it's really a high honor and distinct privilege to be talking to you this morning. You know, I, I have to. I just have to begin with this, though. You are an iconic, legendary interviewer, and the people you have talked to over the years, presidents like Jimmy Carter and Barack Obama, presidential candidates including Bernie Sanders, uh, some of the cultural figures are extraordinary, of course. Francis Ford Coppola, Jerry Garcia, Allen Ginsberg, 
just talking about a few people with really strong San Francisco ties. And then there are the extraordinary members and symbols of some of our most important social movements, that are Chavez, Rosa Parks, people who have been with you on your show. Not to mention the actors. The actors. You've had a lot of actors on the show, Michael. Uh, Sean Penn, just one among many. Charlize Theron. Uh, I'd like to mention also Gene Wilder, somebody I think uh, meant a lot to you with your interest in humor, and also scientists, including Carl Sagan, and people that I think would be obscure except for having been on your show and gained a measure of fame from that. And I'm not even mentioning all the long list of writers, Maya Angelou. Um, it, it, it just goes on and on, Salman Rushdie. Michael, I have to ask, who is the most memorable interview that you had? Or could you give me a couple, three names? It's a question I usually evade because there have been so many terrific interviews. Uh, and I'm thinking about that as the interviewer more than uh, just the whole dynamic of it. Uh, I've had so many memorable interviews from so many different fields and so many different areas. I do tend to think first off of the writers. Uh, however, I've had the opportunity to interview most of the writers that I've taught through the years, uh, both in terms of fiction writing as well as in uh, the novel, uh, drama, poetry. But, you know, when that question's asked of me, and of course, you know, you've mentioned so many uh, luminaries, I often think of the people who just had an enormous effect on me personally and emotionally. And these are people who are doing what I would say, characterize as selfless type of work. I'm not only talking about journalists who are out there putting their lives at risk to tell stories, but I'm also talking about the people and extraordinary people who day to day, we, we're giving a lot of attention now to frontline workers, of course, because of the pandemic. Those people have touched me deeply. I've been touched deeply by one of my first interviews was with hospice workers. And uh, it stayed in my mind in a central way because of the work that they do. And I have a sister now who's in hospice. So, uh, you know, when you think about the famous people and the people who are uh, up there in the lights in terms of uh, being icons and so forth, there are so many. Uh, and yet, that's kind of a broad categorization. I don't like to hurt people's feelings either. So I <laughs> forget a name or two. <laughs> it's always a problem. T t totally understood. And, uh, and the tribute that you pay to the people that you've talked to who are not famous, I think, uh, also speaks to some of the values of your show. And many of the people who have been listening to you over the years are also writing in this morning. Susan writes, you're a friend even though we haven't met. I have listened to you most mornings over the past 28 years. You have been a role model and educator, a distant friend and guide. I never met you, but you know me. Thank you. And Claire writes, Michael, for what it's worth, you raised me through radio waves just as much as my, my parents had raised me. You taught me how to think, how to react, and you taught me a respectful tone in questioning others. Thank you for giving acknowledgement in a myriad of ways to folks who needed it most. Uh, this is going to be a tough hour for you, Michael. You're going to have to deal with a lot of that kind of uh, reaction from your listeners. And I hope, you're, I hope you're fortified for this. I'm trying to steal myself, Ron. Uh, it's, uh, it's emotional. I mean, it's bittersweet, obviously, to be saying goodbye and taking my leave. But uh, at this point, uh, I, well, I'll say some things before we wrap up this hour. But certainly I want to extend my appreciation right now to all these listeners who have been writing and sending in messages and everything. It's very moving to me, poignant. 
We're also going to be hearing from some people who call in. Uh, Peter is calling in from San Francisco. Do we have Peter with us? Yes, hi. It's Peter Warfield from Library Users Association. And, uh, Michael, you started my career in library user advocacy, activism, and so on. You had Nicholson Baker on talking about the dumping of the books at the new main library. And uh, one of the callers in gave his full name, Timothy Gillespie. And at the end of the program, I ran to the phone book, uh, an old-fashioned thing, called him up, and he said, well, why don't you, after we chatted a bit, said, why don't you come down to a library commission meeting? And I've never quit going since almost that 25 years ago. Uh, I'd like to think that we did a lot of good for the library. Uh, We stopped privacy-threatening RFID. We stood up for evening hours not to be cut, hours in general, books, and so on and so forth. There's a lot, but... Uh, you were the start of it, and uh, for that I'm grateful, as well as for all of the wonderful programs that you've got. Uh, who is going to, what is going to replace you? How are we going to continue after this? I don't know the answer today, Ed Peter. There's a national search, but I thank you for the kind words and uh, also for the work that you've done on behalf of libraries. Uh, I've had many causes through the years, and I think they're pretty evident through the programming that we've done uh, and libraries was always a big cause of mine and have volunteered a lot of time uh, for whatever effort uh, I could put into the support of libraries. But you've been out there uh, doing the tough work. And thank you for this call. Appreciate hearing from you. And as many of you listeners know, Michael is a literary figure in his own right, author of several books, many short stories. He has uh, a Ph.D. in English literature from University of Wisconsin-Madison and has been teaching at San Francisco State since 1970, teaching English literature there. So many people in San Francisco Bay Area know Michael through his writing, know Michael through his teaching, uh, as well as as a radio personality. And I have to remind you, Michael, that some of those people first encountered you as the host of Beyond the Hot Tub on uh, a low-power radio station in Marin County. Is this, uh, is this true? Is this part of your record? Yeah, that's true. And also, I shudder when I hear that number, 1970, uh, almost <laughs> makes me feel venerable. Um, yeah, I sort of invented myself uh, in radio. I thought it's something I'd like to do. I had a little experience in television before that and uh, went to a small station in Marin. Marin at the time was getting a lot of attention as being a place of hedonism. Even George Bush Sr. talked about hot tubs in Marin. And I thought there are people here who are doing really good work. I'd like to talk with some of them who are civic uh, in their mindedness and in their concerns and commitments. I'd like to talk to a lot. There are a lot of celebrities uh, in Marin too, especially in the world of rock music, which has always been a great interest to me. So uh, I had a show and I thought, what to name this show? And I thought, let's call it Beyond the Hot Tub. And that was the name. And like I said, it's a little source of embarrassment now, but People, I guess, first discovered me in radio there. That's true. Breaking out, breaking out of uh, the notion of, let us say, some portions of Marin County that uh, was popular at the time, or certainly outside of California, that was a frequent cliche. Uh, Himali writes this morning, when our son was in first grade, he came home and said his friends didn't recognize the name Michael Krasny. We asked him how he and his friends ended up talking about you. He said they were naming some of the famous personalities they knew, including... Iron Man, Steve Jobs, Superman, and one of the famous personalities on my son's list was you. He is in sixth grade now and still thinks you are cool. Well, that's that's how you raise a new generation. Is that how you do it, Michael? Uh, It's nice to think so. It's also uh, lovely to be called cool. You know, when I was in high school, I definitely wanted to be cool. So thank you for that. 
Okay. Here's Neil. Neil is calling in. Neil, are you with us? I am. Thank you. Um, Mr. Krasny, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you for an unbelievably enriching program from which the whole Bay Area really benefited tremendously. I heard you referred to as an institution the other day, and it occurred to me, you know, an institution like a business, a restaurant, theoretically can go on forever, but a career can't. So this is inevitable. And in that regard, it's not a bad thing, but it is a tremendous loss. I was I was born and raised in, in San Francisco in the city. I'm third generation. I have two Jewish grandparents on one side who went to Lowell and an Irish streetcar driver on Market Street on, on my other side. And I'm married to a first generation Chicana who grew up in the mission. So we're both very local from different communities and different histories. And both of us really feel like you speak for us so eloquently. Um, in 2000, I returned back from college in a different state. I got my first job working at the Board of Supervisors in the city. It was a contentious time. The board was reverting back to 11 district elections from what had been citywide elections since the city hall murders. It was a referendum of the neighborhoods against Willie Brown's administration led by Tom Amiano. Development was on the ballot, and I just stumbled across your show one day. And I found every single day managed to be relevant to every single issue that was on my mind at the time, from neighborhood issues to statewide issues to the Bush v. Gore election, global issues, literature, entertainment. And you really remain that way for the subsequent 20 years during which I listened to you on most days. You know, Neil, you thank you. With this, you really are the voice of Bay Area intellect. And I can't thank you enough for what you've provided all of us over the years. Well, thank you for those comments. Much appreciated. Much obliged. So you're listening to Forum on KQED Public Radio. I'm Ron Elving of NPR. We're talking with Michael Krasny about his retirement. Stay with us. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. I will always remember Michael Krasny from the time he ventured out to Walnut Creek uh, to do a reading. I had bought a book and wanted him to sign it for my mother. And as he was signing it, the earth moved. It turned out it was not the strength of his personality, but actually an earthquake on the Calaveras Fault. But nevertheless, I'll always remember him for that. I've come to rely on your informed, compassionate interviews. You are always so, so well prepared, no matter the topic or who you interview. At the wrap-up of each broadcast, I remind myself of how blessed we are to be informed by your brilliant voice of a true mensch on KQED. 
Oh, I wanted to thank Michael Krasny for all the years of top-notch, excellent programming. I learned so much listening to him every day on forum. And I'm going to really miss him. I have to say, whoever's going to take his place is going to have some real big boots to fill. I want to thank him again for everything, and I wish Michael a a long, happy, healthy, well-deserved retirement. You're listening to Forum. I'm Ron Elving of NPR, and we're celebrating the career of Michael Krasny. What's your favorite Forum memory? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. Or email your questions to Forum KQED. Dot org. And now, I believe we are joined by a very special guest who has called in, also from Washington, D.C., the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi. Madam Speaker, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, and thank you for the invitation to be on the show on this special day for this very special person. It is uh, uh, sort of with mixed emotions that I join you. Happy and honored to be included. Sad that Michael will be uh, not sharing his views with us every day. He has been the soundtrack of San Francisco and well beyond. He is um, respected so much for the clarity and how he interprets for people the some of the complicated issues of the day into how what it means to them in their lives. And that's why people just stop him on the street. They stop him on the street. He's a, a celebrity, although uh, he's not visual. They recognize his voice. And uh, once the word spreads that Michael's around, um, people want to pay their respects. Indeed, that is true. Indeed, that is true, Michael. Uh, you interviewed the speaker long before she was speaker. Do you remember the first time that you spoke with her? I think. Uh, are you there, Speaker <laughs> uh, Pelosi? Um, I think the first time we talked was uh, about China uh, because I used to do a lot of international coverage, and she was very committed to, and I believe still is, to uh, not only trade with China but uh, better relations with China and the like. Um, that was probably in the early 90s, and we had many, I think, robust conversations from that point on. Uh, some of them were challenging, I'm sure, for her as well as for me, but uh, for the most part, I'm grateful for her involvement on the program all these years. Yes, that was one of the Michael, things that... Michael, uh, as, uh, as, as you are famous for, uh, you just don't bring people on who are all in agreement on a subject that's important to have the discussion. And that's what's so great about Michael in that uh, he has a, a way about him of, of respecting other views, uh, but again, uh, giving them a, everyone a chance to put forth their views. Now, on the subject of China and human rights in China, it was a fight that I was, I've been engaged in for over 30 years uh, since Tiananmen Square. And of course, um, when you look at China, you see whatever you want. You see uh, some people being uh, alleviation of poverty there, which is very important. But you also see complete repression uh, and uh, uh, violation of our trade relationship, uh, uh, proliferation of weapons of mass destruction. I go into that because 
again, uh, and, and uh, a discussion of any of these issues with Michael, he, he listens and he uh, presents other views uh, to uh, balance. Michael Krasny is always about balance. And he respects the exuberances that all of us have about the subjects we bring, uh, but he recognizes their other exuberances as well. And that's why he is so respected, because he respects different points of view and has a calming, calming way of making uh, all those views known. And, and Michael knows of what I speak because we've been having this conversation for a long long time. And I hope I've asked you some tough questions through the years as well, haven't I? I know not, not too many softballs, I hope. No, that's the whole point. And it's, it's no use in just having a softball conversation. It's a waste of time in many respects. Uh, and so uh, that, that's, that was my point, is that you, you didn't let us all just get away with our own exuberances. You challenged. You challenged. You balanced. And, uh, and you made it something that people welcomed you know welcome the challenge welcome the uh, the tough questions uh, because otherwise we're not really uh, learning and michael is a great teacher a teacher who again is respected uh, because he is so respectful of all views so kind of you to say those words they're much appreciated um, and uh, i have certainly valued having you on the program and hope that we will continue to have some contact uh, as we go down the line here in the future. I also wanted to uh, say that I've gotten to know uh, Speaker Pelosi in different venues. We are both supporters of sorts to Plowshares. She was one of the original supporters of that veterans group. And we've had annual events that have been quite moving to me and been an honor for me to be participating in. And um, she's done an unbelievable job in so many different areas. And we are grateful to her. Well, Michael, I appreciate your saying that because Source to Plowshares, you know, um, Michael Blecker is a real hero to all of us and how we uh, worked in a, a, a new, fresh way, entrepreneurially thinking about new, fresh ways about how to meet the needs of our veterans. And, uh, and then John Kecker joined uh, with him as a veteran himself uh, and attracted other people to, uh, uh, to recognize this uh, approach. You know, it's a generational thing about our veterans, those who were, uh, say, um, a Vietnam War or even Korean War earlier had one point of view and then others, Vietnam and then uh, Afghan uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, uh, another set uh, of concerns, uh, but swords to plowshare uh, respected across the board with, with all of that. And let me right. say something, Speaker Post, if I may, since you mentioned John Kecker, uh, my heart goes out to him, because uh, as you know, his wonderful wife Tina passed away recently, and that's a tremendous loss. Uh, our newsman, uh, Brian Watt, and his family is friendly with the Kecker family, and just wanted to, in a public way, express condolences. Well, I join you in that. Tina Kecker was wonderful. We miss her. I was so honored to have the pleasure of speaking to her because, as you know, we used to spend New Year's Eve together, so I spoke to her right before then, and then she, Pat, Paul and I spoke with her, and then she passed, but um, they're both from Maryland, which I shared that heritage with them, so we felt very, very close to them, but it's so lovely, and it means a lot to John and the children uh, that you uh, recognize 
Tina's wonderfulness and, and her passing as well. So here we are at quite a time in our country. Uh, we are uh, uh, we have an, uh, the assault of a of a virus that is just vicious and and terminal in many respects. Over 465, probably probably in another week and a half, we'll be at 500,000 people who have died. Uh, we have an assault on our democracy and on our capital uh, that is being dressed on the floor of the Senate right now. And, uh, it, you know, it is, it, we have to, we, you know, we can't do one or the other. So I'm very proud that I, at the moment we are engaged in uh, writing the legislation for the American, uh, uh, re- uh, it's called the American Rescue Plan. The next bill will be the American Recovery Plan, where we go further down the line. But this one is the rescue to crush the virus, to put vaccines in the arms of people, children back in school, money in the pockets of, the, of America's workers and families, and and people back to work. So it's a a, a, a challenging challenging time, but we have to keep people safe. That's our oath of office. To protect and defend. So, it's, uh, so at a time like this, uh, it was um, quite an honor to have a chance to say to Michael over the years, you have been such an important soundtrack of San Francisco. Uh, to do so in a way uh, that we welcome the challenge uh, of tough questions uh, and uh, and respect the values. That you have always brought to it, uh, your your uh, presentations on a regular basis will be sadly missed. But hopefully that doesn't mean we will not have the benefit of your thinking, your wisdom, uh, your graciousness uh, uh, for for years to come. Well, thank you, Speaker Pelosi. Thank you, thank you so much. We're enormously grateful for you sharing some of your time with us, Madam Speaker. Thank you again. Well, it is a wild time. Uh, but, uh, uh, of course, I would have time to pay my respects to you. And uh, as I said at the beginning uh, to Ron, uh, the, uh, I do so with mixed emotions about, oh, no, how could it be that he's leaving us? Oh, thank you for the opportunity to pay my respects uh, to the great Michael Krasny and to his family. Uh, thank you to them, to, uh, to Leslie and to Alexa and Lauren for sharing you with us all. Thank you again. You know, there's an ironic note here, uh, footnote, I guess, Ron, and that uh, a lot of listeners have been writing, have been very gratified, of course, receiving so many wonderful cards and letters and emails. Uh, but a number of them are expressing their outrage at Donald Trump for preempting, in effect, uh, because of the trial that's going on the last uh, couple of programs of my last week. Um, it's important, though, that you listen to what's going on uh, and that you stay watchful and monitor what's going on in Washington now. It's been a big part of my life as a professional and will continue to be. Let me just say it is it is an honor to be able to step away from that process of, and spend this time with you. And we'd like to also bring in now some of our other callers who are waiting to speak to you. Irina in Napa, are you with us? Yes, I am. Is this Michael Krasny? Yes, ma'am. Um, Michael, I adore you. I love your voice. I gotta say, uh, from the moment I heard you 20 odd years ago, 
Uh, I'm an immigrant, and hearing your voice, uh, I felt welcome. I felt accepted. I felt cared for. And to this day, being a citizen today, I know I'm an American, and I know I am a Mexican, and I know I come from Russian background, and I know you love me, accept me, and care for me just like you care for the writers, the politicians. Uh, you know, you make me feel that I am welcome. And for that, you know, I will always be thankful. And it's not a memory. It is an everyday thing that your voice is embedded in my mind. Thank you for that, Michael. Chris. Well, thank you for those kind remarks. Do I say spasibo or gracias or both? Uh... Oh, spasibo. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. De nada y gracias, Michael. Keep on doing the good work wherever you go. And your voice is in my heart forever. Mucho Bye. gusto. Muchas gracias. Bye. Thank you so much for that call. Uh, here's, a, here's, a, here's one of your listeners writing in whose name is also Michael, uh, saying that you, Michael Krasny, brought intelligent radio to the Bay Area. Your indispensable background as an academic has enabled you to both keep up with your guests and reach your listeners, and you have consistently strived for fairness and not just to take aside. Uh, Michael, you, you made some changes in the show when you, when you came in 1993. Do you, do you want to talk about some of the ways that you changed for them? Yeah, it was not only me personally. I mean, it was a, a, somewhat of a vision that I had, but a lot of credit goes to Raul Ramirez, who is our senior editor and uh, much beloved by me and so many, and Joanne Wallace, our general manager. Uh, but I came along and we were doing largely the forum program, which was hosted by Kevin Purse Club, some old timers may remember for five years, uh, the beginning of it, uh, was largely local policy. And I said, why can't we do state and national and international and also the arts? Uh, I guess I was ambitious. And they went along with it. And um, the program expanded and the important thought in my mind was covering news, but also bringing artists on and uh, because of my own background in literature, bringing authors, uh, especially authors of fiction and drama and poetry. And so that was how the program began to uh, make its signature, I suppose, and have its impact. Uh, as time went on, the program has evolved in many different ways. And uh, for the last few years, of course, we've been dominated by particularly three news stories, uh, one being the Trump administration, uh, but the others being the pandemic and the search for racial justice and the terrible tragedies that have occurred because of uh, horrible events uh, in the news. So we have been largely covering the news, but um, at first we were a lot of international news and a lot of authors and, uh, <laughs> and, and much more of a mix. You know, we have another very special guest with us this morning, Michael, and that is Joanne Wallace. And she would like to say her greetings to you at this time. Joanne, are you with us? <laughs> I am. Can you hear me? I can yes, hear I can. you, Joanne. Yes. And you know, I, I, I'm sure our listeners know, but Coach Joanne Wallace is KQED's former vice president and general manager, who is responsible for having hired Michael Krasny in 1993. Yeah, that's something she's going to have to live with for her whole retirement. <laughs> well, thank you. And yes, I'll tell a, a, a short story about uh, Michael accepting our offer, but Michael, just to start with, I want to thank you, 
many, many times over for your am amazing work um, hosting forum on KQED for, all, as everybody has been saying, for nearly 30 years. Uh, just amazing. Uh, you've tackled relevant, important questions and topics each and every day you've been on the air. Your thoughtful conversations with guests of all backgrounds and experiences uh, will be remembered and appreciated uh, for a long time to come. I think, and I hope uh, listeners will agree with me, that a key to your success has been your genuine interest in hearing from foreign listeners uh, who call in. Uh, you've invited them regularly into the conversation to voice insights and opinions and their questions and their views and concerns have added significantly to each of your broadcasts. Um, as we were just mentioning, uh, I'm sure you'll remember uh, that when you and I first met in 1993, uh, you had just uh, finished a stint uh, broadcasting and hosting on KGO. We talked about the possibility that you would accept our offer uh, of the forum position. But I did ask how you could possibly manage a job that required prepping and hosting a two-hour program five days a week while you also carried a full schedule teaching literature at San Francisco State. A full schedule teaching. <laughs> well, you said people will say about me that he always does his homework. And this is me saying for sure you always have. Congratulations, Michael. Stay in touch. And Joanne, please stay with us just for a moment or two. I know Michael would like to speak to you and we're going into a break, but we will be back immediately after. Please stay with us, Joanne. We'll, we'll speak to you again on the other side. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. So many times I turned on the radio to hear your voice and to hear you elevate the conversation to such a different level. Sometimes when you feel like the world's falling apart and then you hear this kind of example, it's motivating and it's inspiring. And um, now we're all going to have to read more books and listen better to each other and just carry on the great gift that you've given us. He was well-informed, interesting sense of humor, which I enjoyed, asked the right questions, and I shall miss him. Congratulations on your retirement. I've been listening to your program for a very long time, and I really love the way you ask questions and wish you the best. Thank you. And I wanted to thank Michael Krasny for his excellent journalistic service. I love your show, and you will be missed. Joanne, I hope you're still with us because I know that Michael would like to have a chance to respond to your greeting and um, to the memories that you've just uh, brought back. 
I am. Thank you. And thank you, Joanne. Uh, kind words and appreciated words from you. And uh, also, just a word, and uh, far more should be said about your leadership and the distinct role you played not only in my career, but in the career of so many at KQED. We are grateful to you, and we will remain grateful to you. And I hope you're enjoying your retirement, and I hope uh, you're staying productive. I hope, in fact, you can be a model for me in that sense. <laughs> well, thank you. I am enjoying my retirement, and I've been engaged in a couple of different projects. Uh, it's nice to have additional time. Well, I wish you the best, and I thank you so much for joining us this morning. I, I was told that there would be special guests. I had no idea it would be the Speaker of the House and the former boss general manager, but it's always a delight to hear your voice. Thank you. Our thanks to Joanne Wallace. And uh, now we're going to go to Egan. Uh, he is uh, joining us from, um, where is the Egan call coming in from? Oh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I think we're, I think we're going to, I think we're going to go first to Tyler in Woodside. Are you there, Tyler? Hey, Michael, this is Tyler McNiven. Uh, you are truly the king of the polite cutoff. You're like the Muhammad Ali of the gracious cutoff. I mean, when a loquacious guest goes on a bit too long, and even if that theme music creeps in and they're still talking, you have this miraculous ability of getting them to stop talking without even a hint of rudeness in your voice. So I'm just going to keep talking. If you don't mind just doing me the honor of cutting me off just so I can absorb that great privilege of one of the world-famous Michael Krasny cutoffs. So here I am just talking about how great you are a beautiful poet of our times, like wind flowing through the grass. You're natural, you're effortless, you're calming, you're soothing. And I'm just here talking, waiting for that world-famous Michael Krasny cutoff. Don't make me keep talking about how great you are. All right, here it is. <laughs> cutting you off. No. No. Actually, I appreciate those kind words. Thank you for that. <laughs> All right, Michael, I think that NPR op actually operates a special school for the polite cutoff, does it not? I, 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 you were a prize graduate, I'm sure. Uh, we're now joined by another special surprise guest. Michael, we have Jennifer Egan on the line. Jennifer Egan is the author of a number of books, including Manhattan Beach and A Visit from the Goon Squad, which won the 2011 Pulitzer Prize. Welcome, Jennifer Egan. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here with you, Michael, to celebrate you. And I don't know if you know this, Michael, but you actually booked me for my first live radio interview ever uh, in 1995. And we talked about my novel, The Invisible Circus. And I'll never forget that afterward, I went to Green Apple Bookstore to sign copies of my books in hopes of selling them. And when I got there, there were no books left. And it was 11 in the morning. And I said, how is that possible? I mean, I was an unknown writer. And the bookseller said, oh, everyone listens to Michael Krasny. So in that moment, you showed me something really important, which was just the power of, of radio and conversation to sell books. And it has been such a joy with each book that I've published to return to our ongoing conversation. And I'm going to miss them. And I'm going to miss them, too. It was always a delight having you on. And we did a special event for City Arts and Lectures with Venda Levita. And uh, 
Of course, I, I don't have to tell you this. Your mother is a dear and very special friend of mine. Uh, she and Sandy are close friends, and uh, it was always great having you on. And I love that story about Green Apple. <laughs> it, it resonates. Well, I think one of the thing, another thing that you really demonstrated and and insisted upon was just the importance and centrality of literature to our cultural conversation. And I think that's something that we all need to hold on to, and something that you manifested every day on your show. And I'm, I'm just so grateful to you for that. And grateful to you for these kind words and, of course, for the contribution you've made to uh, our literary canon. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Such a pleasure. And uh, look forward to staying in touch and finding out what your new activities are going to consist of. All right. We will definitely stay in touch. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. That was... Thank you, Jennifer. And that was writer Jennifer Egan. Uh, and she has given us one example of the many writers who have a debt to pay to Michael Krasny and his support over the years. Let's look at some of the comments that we're getting from some of Michael's listeners. Uh, here's one. Bob writes, Michael, this letter should have been sent to you many years ago. You were forthright about depression some long time back. I was going through that dark tunnel at the same time. My sincere gratitude to Forum for a gracious shared walk during my gloomy times. And Helen writes, over the years, Michael's program served as the soundtrack of my young emotional life. There were days when I felt like I had just attended a college seminar on the topic of the hour. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, Mr. Krasny. I cannot adequately express how much I will miss you. And Laurel writes, I am 39 years old and I have two young daughters. The struggle of being a mom was magnified intensely for me when COVID hit. I felt like I was drowning. I just felt like I needed to listen to something informative and intelligent. And suddenly, there you were. And I've listened to you every day since. The first time I heard someone mention your upcoming retirement, I started to cry. I don't quite know how to explain what you've done for me, but I feel like you brought me back to myself. I'm going to ask you to respond to a couple of those if you wish to, Michael. Um, otherwise, uh, I think we may have some more surprises in store for you where we can, uh, we can give you that opportunity to, to respond to anything that you've heard on the program thus far. Let me just say how uh, moving it is and uh, emotionally moving to hear these kind of comments, and uh, I'm grateful for them. Also, you know, it's kind of ironic, Ron. I was thinking and joking around about this, that uh, when you say you're going to leave and retire or when you're mortally on the deathbed that's when you get all this love and all this affection and tribute and so forth um it's it's ironic in a way but it's certainly nevertheless welcome and uh you know you could joke about because uh, i've heard people joke about this uh why didn't why wasn't it there when i really needed it you know when i was uh young and and, and yearning for attention and recognition and so forth uh, but i feel grateful above all grateful well, speaking of younger years, we're now going to hear a memory from one of your first two producers. Let's listen. Hi, Michael. This is Candace Francis chiming in on your retirement tributes. And as one of your two first producers at Forum way back in the day, which gives me an interesting perspective because I was there on day one, I wanted to share a memory that I've always held about my time at Forum. And as your audience knows, lots of interesting and famous people came to the show, and it was a privilege to produce many of those segments. But the one that stands out to me 
Well, one of many that stands out to me is the time that James Earl Jones had written his autobiography and he came to be interviewed. And after the show was over, you and I chatted with him outside of the studio. And what stood out for me is when he said to you with a gleam in his eye, I might add, that your interview of him was the best he had ever had. He marveled at how obvious it was that you had actually read his book. And that really impressed me because it was a lesson in how important it is to be authentic. And I know that will be part of your legacy, that you've actually read the books as opposed to relying on crib notes or publisher questions, and that your guests always were treated well and that they felt that you were authentically interested in what they had to say. Anyway, Michael, I wish you all the best. You've earned time to read just for pleasure if you want, and I hope you'll do just that. So take good care and happy retirement. Well, those are very kind remarks, and thank you for those remarks, Candace. Candace has now gone on to uh, become uh, a central figure in local ACLU and um, value the time that we spent together professionally. She was on that original team with Robin Giannatasio Mal and David Minko, who I recently heard from, a lovely letter from, who's up living in Canada now, and Holly Kernan, who has gone on to be uh, fulfilling a leadership role at KQED, I'm proud to say and happy to say. That's, uh, that's quite an alumni club. Uh, we have caller Guillermo in San Leandro. Guillermo, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, Michael. I just want to say thank you so much for all the uh, education that you brought to my life. Listen to your programs and listen to the advisors that you give to every immigrant. I am from El Salvador, and when I was doing my citizenship process, I keep all those feedbacks that you brought through your guests and through the knowledge that you brought to my life. So thank you. I will miss you so much. And thank you for making me a better human being at this point. Thank you. God bless you. And I'm looking forward to see your book. <laughs> thank you, Guillermo. Very kind. Appreciate it. Here's a tweet from a listener says, Mr. Krasny, you know those questions, quote, who would you invite, living or dead, to dinner? I would fantasize about my guest list, and there would be you, alongside President Carter, Maya Angelou, President Obama, and Stephen Hawking. And Tivon tweets, uh, unfortunately Twitter doesn't pronounce names for us, but Tivon tweets, I can't imagine mornings without Michael Krasny on forum. He's added so much breadth to my daily functional knowledge. I'm sad I have yet to shake this man's hand and thank him for the added perspective I've gained in life. It's just not going to be the same, and it's, uh, I, it's not common in my circle of peers to listen to forum, but I encourage more young black folks seeking daily information to listen to public radio. And James writes, my favorite memory of your show was your interview with Kurt Vonnegut. My dad called in and got to thank Mr. Vonnegut, whom he had met during World War II while they were both prisoners of war in Dresden. Ah, Slaughterhouse-Five. Mr. Vonnegut arranged, Mr. Vonnegut, rather, arranged for my father to receive much-needed medical attention. Later, some of those experiences would be included in Vonnegut's book, Slaughterhouse-Five. It was so heartwarming to listen to their brief conversation live on your program on the air. It was a cherished moment two for my dad, who passed in 2008. I have to tell you, Ron, I remember that moment, and those kind of moments stand out where suddenly you hear from a caller that you didn't expect. Some number of people mentioned Maya Angelou. When I had her on, her son called, and it was uh, really quite moving 
because uh, I said, how does it feel, you know, to be, uh, to have a mother who was so famous and so adored and so forth? And he said, uh, well, people say I'm in her shadow, I am in her light. Those kind of moments, you know, it's wonderful to have them in the archives, uh, and they'll be there, I hope, for many, many years to come. The unexpected, the unpredictable. It's live radio, no net. Indeed, indeed. We have caller Anika in San Francisco. Anika, are we pronouncing your name right? Uh, yes, that's correct. Uh, thank you so much. Um, Michael, I, I just heard your comment about the hospice shares that you did and, and how helpful, I wanted to say how helpful those were for me. My mom, Sandra Kahn, passed away in 2015. She suffered from Lewy body dementia, and that's a dementia where you hallucinate and you see different things and you think the world is different. And she used to turn on KQED and listen to you, and she would say, oh, my husband, my husband's speaking now. Listen, listen to my husband who's on the air. And it just brought us so much joy, and I just wanted to thank you for that joy. Well, thank you for that. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, there's a wonderful essay in Slouching Toward Bethlehem by Joan Didion about the word husband, which I would recommend to re I almost said recommend to readers, recommend to listeners. Uh, that's, you know, that's an educator's um, weakness, constantly recommending and trying to inspire people to read more. But it's certainly been a lot of what I've been all about, for better or worse. We have another written message here from Anthony, who writes, My favorite Michael Krasny memory is when I was lucky enough to be interviewed by him on Forum as part of the creative team of a play I was acting in. As the interview went on, it began to dawn on me that he actually understood the play better than I did. Mr. Krasny's erudition is not to be underestimated. Thank you, Michael, for all the years of thoughtful and thought-provoking broadcasts. Any chance you remember that play? Um, I'm not, we've talked about a lot of plays. Uh, I have to search my memory of the archives to uh, know who Anthony was or what he was playing. Uh, <laughs> well, it, you know, in, in, indeed, there have been many over the years, and if we had a title, it would probably help us to, to remember it. Uh, City Lights Books, and there's an institution that uh, I'm sure you have many memories of. Uh, City Lights Books has tweeted, Everyone at City Lights sends our thanks to you, for supporting the institution's endeavors over the many, many, many years. Bravo. Well, thank you to City Lights. I was uh, privileged enough to be part of Lawrence Ferlinghetti's 100th birthday party, which wasn't that long ago, and I'm glad to say he is still, as a centenarian now, very much with us. <laughs> Isn't that remarkable? I mean, that is, of all the people who have lived to be a century old, uh, Lawrence Ferlinghetti, I mean, my goodness. So many things to look back on, so many San Francisco institutions that you've been part of and you've celebrated, Michael. I know you have some prepared remarks, maybe some unprepared remarks that you'd like to share to end this show. So I want to give you that opportunity and thank you so very much for giving me this opportunity to share this hour with you. Well, thank you so much, Ron, for doing this. Uh, like I said at the beginning, you've always been one of my favorite guests and uh, it's, I'm grateful for you to uh, have taken up the um, opportunity here as well as the responsibility of this final show of mine. And final words uh, before stepping off the stage can be very challenging, but I do find myself thinking mostly of gratitude, and that's gratitude at having been able to serve the public all these years as a curator and broker of news and ideas and ideals and our mission, I emphasize our 
because I have had a superb team working with me every broadcast day, has been to present you, our listeners, each morning with a fair and high-minded level of discourse. And I'm thankful to the team, the producers, the engineers, the managers, reporters, and interns. I'm at the mic as the public face of Forum, but this is a team operation with those behind the scenes doing outstanding and enduring work, and they have my deep admiration and respect and special thanks to our daily troopers, Dan Zoll, Danny Bringer, Judy Campbell, Tina Larberg, Blanca Torres, and Ariana Prell. And again, thanks to my friend, Ron Elving. I'm also appreciative of you, our listeners, and of our supporters who've been with us through both elevating and dispiriting news and a wide range of other topics, and who have shown loyalty and support not only to Forum and this radio station, but also to me. I have been overwhelmed by the generous tributes and incredibly kind words that so many of you have sent since I announced my retirement. Thanks also to all who have appeared on Forum over the years to tell their stories, which are often our stories, and who have made their case or debated issues or who have enlightened or entertained us. What a privilege it has been for me to meet so many outstanding people, local, state, national, and international leaders and government officials, Nobel and Pulitzer and MacArthur Prize recipients, authors and scientists, technology and business innovators and artists, leaders in nearly every field and heads of state and wide range of popular and beloved entertainers, and extraordinary people who are not necessarily well-known, but are doing very important work and have spoken out and taken control, excuse me, taken action, uh, sometimes control as well on issues that have significant impact. I'm proud that we, a public radio program, have had great overall success, not only in the marketplace, but in bringing ideas and issues into your places of residence and work, your offices, your vehicles, your earphones while walking or running, or however you have listened to Forum, and thank you to especially to my family who stood with me through life's ups and downs. I know Forum will continue to present valuable programming with timeliness, intellect, generosity of spirit, and meaningful effects on your lives and the lives of those you care about. My thanks again with hope that all of you will have much to feel thankful for in the months ahead as we recover from this devastating pandemic. Be kind, honorable, and good to one another and committed to good citizenship and causes that matter to our communities, our country, and the world. And finally, please, Stay safe. I'm Michael Krasny. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.